Ever wonder about questions that don't seem to have solid answers? Like if God is so good, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Or why should we trust the Bible and who wrote it anyway? Maybe you found the answers, but they didn't fully satisfy you. Well, welcome to Straight From The Bible, where you can find real answers from God's Word. Give us a call if something's on your heart. You can call us right now at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can also text or WhatsApp your questions to 671-686-9999. And now, straight from the Bible, with Pastor Masih Ida'on. Good evening and welcome back to Straight from the Bible. Great to be with you all again. My name is Pastor Masik and I'm here with my wife Josephine and we'll be co-hosting the uh, study together. Good evening. Good evening. Good afternoon. I'm actually very excited to be here. Yeah. So right, wonderful. Looking forward to the questions we have today. Thank you, Mrs. Ito. I appreciate that. All right. Well, let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer as we ask God to lead us and guide us. Let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come this evening, O oh Lord, to study your word. And we know, dear Lord, that we cannot understand it or teach it or know it unless your spirit teaches us. So please be our teacher, and Lord, may you draw our hearts closer to Jesus is our prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, great to be with you all again. And uh, for those of you who have any Bible questions, go ahead and send them to us. Uh, uh, we did have some you know, Bible questions come in by email, so we're going to go through them one by one. And if we have sufficient time, we'll go over one study on, on angels. Go, ahead, go right ahead. Right, let's go to our first question that was sent to us by email. All right. Our first question this evening, <clears throat> our listener asks, how does the way we choose to spend our time impact our relationships with God and with others? How does what we choose, how do, sit one more time, can you read one more time? How Sorry. does the way we choose to spend our time impact our relationships with God and Great. others? Great. So that's a time question. How does what we do or how we how we spend our time mm-hmm. impact our relationship with God to spend our time, yes. and, and with others. Well, that's a great question because uh, how we ch- how we do spend our time does have a direct impact with uh, ourselves, with each other, and of mm-hmm. course with God Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go to the book of Philippians, chapter four, uh, verse eight, and we're going to find the principle uh, to kind of answer that question. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I'm going to ask Josephine to read that for us when she sure, gets there. Sure, I would love to. Philippians, Philippians 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Wonderful. So what does the Bible say? It says at the very last part. Think on these things. Think on these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything good, everything be- beautiful, everything lovely, virtuous. Uh, there's a reason why the Bible says that. Uh, it's because there's a, a law or a rule, uh, kind of a, a natural rule that whatever you spend time with, uh, you kind of become whatever yes. you spend time mm-hmm. on. And so when you spend time with God, it shows. And uh, when you spend time reading the Bible, that's, your thoughts begin to change. And so likewise, when you spend time in things that we would say are kind of worldly, 
Mm-hmm. They kind of waste time or they're kind of, uh, you know, foolish. Uh, we then naturally become, become whatever yes. we, we, we spend time on. And uh, we notice this uh, in our day-to-day lives. And so one great example of a person who spent um, their time wisely was a woman named Mary. Uh, this was, of course, Mary, the sister of Martha. Mm-hmm. And there's a story between both of them where uh, Mary decided to spend time with, with Jesus, and her sister was a little bit upset about it. And that's in the book of Luke chapter 10. The book of Luke chapter 10. So how does it impact our relationship with God and with others? It can either enhance it and make it better, or it can kind of worsen things. You know, every person has an influence, and the influence is always tending upward or tending downward. Mm -hmm. There's never a neutral influence that we give to people. It's always either uh, people are uplifted or they're... uh, they're not uplifted. They're kind of cast down. Yeah, I was going to say downlifted, but that's not a word. And so uh, people can either um, be drawn closer to God or kind of be drawn away, depending mm-hmm. on, the on influence our influence. They surround themselves yes. with. Yes. So let's look at a. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse. Uh, we'll begin with actually in verse 30, 38. Maybe you can read 38 to. 38 to 42 um, in Luke chapter 10. And it reads, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, him referring to Jesus. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Okay, Amen. wonderful. I, I look at verse uh, verse 39 where it says, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Mm. So here was uh, Martha inviting people into her home. And now, of course, being the gracious host that, that she is, Martha goes out of her way to cook and to clean and does all these things. And, of course, in that culture, the same with the island culture, you're working so hard and you see somebody else not working as hard as you are, who <laughs> you expect to be working with you. That doesn't make you happy. And so she naturally responds and she says, you know, why don't you tell my sister to, you know, to get up and, and help me out? And, uh, you know, Jesus was so patient with her. He says her name twice, very endearingly. Martha, Martha, mm-hmm. thou art careful and troubled about many things. Meaning you're needlessly cumbered about or troubled with, with things that, although are important, are not the most important mm-hmm. right now. Right. And he says, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. So Mary had chosen to, in that moment to spend time uh, with Jesus. That may have been an inconvenience to, to Martha. It, it probably would have been an inconvenience to them who were her guests because they may have had to eat later because mm-hmm. you know they were listening to Jesus. But she knew that that was more important and mm-hmm. the most important thing. 
And so, uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, how we spend our time does impact our relationship with others. Uh, the most important is uh, time, definitely time with God. Mm-hmm. And as you spend time, quality time with God, you will be able to naturally uh, spend quality time with the people around mm-hmm. you. And uh, the result of that is that you're not worried about the things of life as often as uh, as most people are. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just a thought came to mind. You know, a lot of times we tend, well, some days we rush out the door, and I I find that when we take the time to spend with God before actually running out the door, spending time in family worship, before going about our daily business, our day runs so much more smoothly. Mm-hmm. And my husband loves to say, "Time with God is never time wasted," mm-hmm. and I and I am a true believer in that. So it doesn't matter how late you're running. Well, it does to a certain point, but time with God is never wasted. and It's always very important. Absolutely. Yes. And that's great. And that there's always blessings in it. Yes. Thank you. Okay, what's our next question? Our next question is, oh, this is a great one. Where does our spirit go after death? So where does our spirit go after death? Yes. Great. Uh, where does our spirit go after death? Uh, let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Where does our spirit go after death? And uh, the Bible gives us the answer. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And Ecclesiastes was written by King Solomon. Uh, Solomon, King Solomon, yes. And it's a great book of wisdom as well. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse uh, 7. Maybe you can read that. Sure. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes twelve seven reads, Then shall the dust... Return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Okay, great. So where does the Spirit go after death? And the Bible says it goes back to God. And so the answer is the Spirit goes back to God. But, however, we then want to understand what the word Spirit actually means. Mm. Does that mean that when a person dies, they consciously go up to heaven? And let's look at it closely. So the word Spirit there in Ecclesiastes, the Hebrew word is Ruach. I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's Hebrew. Ruach. And the word Ruach simply means breath. Mm-hmm. So it, it really means, and the breath shall return unto God who gave it. And so let's look at another text in Job. Uh, Job chapter 27, verse 3. And we're going to find that same word. Yeah, yes, please. Job 27, verse 3. You can read that when you get there. Sure. Job 27, verse 3, and it reads, All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Okay, great. All the while my breath is in me. And then it says something interesting. And the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. nostrils. Now, the nostril, of course, is in my nose. Mm -hmm. So is, is, is the Bible saying that, the spirit is there inside our noses? And the answer, of course, is no. Well, you look at that word again in the Hebrew, that word for spirit is once again ruach. It means the the breath of God. And so the spirit, um, at least in those verses when we describe it, it is really the breath of God that God gave uh, gave Mm -hmm. us. We call it the breath of life. When we die, our bodies go back, of course, to the dust. And then, of course, the breath of life, which God gives us to allow us to exist, it simply goes back to Mm -hmm. him because that was his. And we can find that in the book of Genesis chapter 2, when God created man. 
Genesis chapter 2, when God created Adam, God created Adam out of two things. And let's read that in verse 7. Can you read that? Huh? Sure. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and it reads, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Wonderful. So this is just uh, addition. One, the dust of the ground or the earth, plus the breath of life that God gave to us. God breathed it into the, the lungs of Adam. And then when finally the, the, the so dust together. and the breath came together, that's when he became a living person, mm-hmm. a living soul. And so when you read other translations, the word soul will also mean living being, mm-hmm. a living person. And so when you separate the two, when man dies, that really is just the separating of the two, meaning the, the, the body goes back to the earth. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the breath of God simply goes back mm-hmm. to him. So the answer is the, the spirit or the breath uh, does go back to God. Uh, and if you're wondering, well, what about the person? Where does he go? Uh, his consciousness. And the answer is uh, he doesn't exist right. anymore because those two things have been separated. Mm-hmm. And uh, the good news is God is able to, uh, and I'll say this, I don't know how God does it. You know, when this whole, when these flash drives first came out, I found it amazing that you could store files into a little thing. Something so tiny. Yeah, uh, first time I saw it, I didn't know what it was because I was so used to floppy disks. Uh, For those of you who remember what floppy disks are. And so when I saw that, I was was wondering what it is. And then as time went on, I've noticed that the memory gets bigger and Mm -hmm. bigger and you can store files upon files in there. I don't know how it is that God is able to store who we are in his Mm -hmm. divine hard disk or disk drive. I don't know how he does it, but he's able to. Mm-hmm. And that information is never lost. And uh, when he he's able to put us back together uh, when he resurrects us. Mm-hmm. As the Bible teaches, we, we sleep. Uh, death is like a sleep. And then when he comes again, he will give us life. And um, I don't know how he does it, but he will make us who we are again, personality-wise. So great question uh, the, the, to, to the question who asked. Great question. And if you'd like to ask or call in a question, please call us at, if you're here in Guam, call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. And if you're in the beautiful CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. Text, what's, uh, text us or WhatsApp us or even signal us on 671-686-9999. And that's going to be free if you're in the CNMI. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to email us a Bible question, go to Bible at joyfmradio.net. That's B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. And you can even go to our Facebook page. That's Facebook slash at joyfmradio. And uh, you can leave us your question in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. All right. Our next question. Amani asks, if Jesus and God are the same person... Then who was in heaven while Jesus was on earth? <clears throat> Thank you, Imani. We love your questions. Please keep them coming. Imani's been asking Bible questions for many, many years, and we always enjoy them. Uh, if Jesus and God are the same person, mm-hmm. uh, then who was in heaven when Jesus was on was earth? Was on earth, yes. <laughs> okay, great question. And and the answer, the, the straightforward answer is uh, Jesus and God, uh, they are not uh, the same person. Uh, You know, the Bible teaches uh, something called the Godhead. So you have three co-eternal persons Mm -hmm. 
uh, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so there are three separate persons uh, who are working together, and they are uh, they are God. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so when Jesus was on was on earth, of course, God the Father was still there uh, in heaven. And we can look at John chapter one, and you can see that in John chapter one. I believe it's verse 3 or 4. Let me just double check. John chapter 1. And this is speaking about Jesus when he came into the world. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, which is speaking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then you go down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So who is this word that became flesh? Jesus. It is Jesus. So let's replace the word word with the name name of Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. The same who was Jesus was in the beginning uh, with God. And so the Bible does teach that, uh, uh, yes, uh, they're, they're not the same person. You know, some people may think that God is three people in one, mm-hmm. but no, that isn't, uh, that isn't what the Bible teaches. And sometimes we hear the word Trinity. Uh, you don't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but the word Trinity simply means uh, it's broken up into three words, tri, in, unity, mm. meaning three working well. in unity as mm-hmm. one, exactly. So it's three people or, or three persons, divine persons, working together um, in unity. And what is that unity? It is, it is working together to love us and save us and, uh, and to rescue us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, um, right before he, w- as he was ascending into heaven, he tells his disciples to go forth into all the world, and he asks them to baptize people. And maybe you can read verse... 19 of 28 but he's matthew 19 verse 28 and he asked the disciples to baptize him in three in the the names of three people it's a matthew 28 verse uh, 19 19. so jesus as he's ascending he asked the disciples to go forth and preach the gospel and then he says to baptize them in the names of of three people So who who are these people? Okay, sorry about that. Matthew 28, 19 Mm -hmm. reads, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So three names of of three people, Mm -hmm. uh, the Father and the the Son and the Holy Ghost. And so when Christ was at the cross or when Christ was here on earth, uh, yes, the Heavenly Father uh, was there in heaven. So, uh, yes, great question, Imani. Please keep them coming. We really do enjoy getting them. Okay, what's our next one? Our next question is, or a comment says, please comment on 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 13, 13 and 14. So it looks like it's the end of 
um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Could you please read that when you sure. get there? Yeah. Second Corinthians 13, 13 and 14 reads, All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy, Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Oh, wonderful. So verse 13 and 14 is simply the, the closing of a letter. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Paul says, as, as, the, as the text says, all the saints salute you. The saints are those who have accepted Christ, the church of God. They salute you. You know, they say hello. They give their greetings. Mm-hmm. They give their support. You know, there's really, it's great to have uh, a support system. And back in those days, they didn't have email, they didn't have WhatsApp, they didn't have any of these things. And so when they would get messages like this, um, it meant a lot to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great for them to know that there were other churches who were uh, who were supporting them and believing in them and praying for them. And in this, in this case, of course, saluting them. And then Paul ends the letter with uh, that beautiful phrase, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. So he was um, uh, he was praying in that letter and he was really giving them up to God once mm-hmm. again. And, and you know, it's great that this actually is a follow-up answer to our last question because he describes again the three, the three persons. And he says, of course, the love of Jesus, uh, sorry, the grace of Jesus and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit uh, be with you all. Amen. So it was a, it was a farewell uh, words of love mm-hmm. uh, that Paul had was sharing to his church, the uh, Corinthian church. Okay, what's our next question? All right, our next question. <clears throat> Is it okay to live with the dead or to bury your loved ones right outside your house? Is say, Read the question one more time. Is it okay to live with the dead or to bury your loved ones right outside your house? Is it okay to live with the dead or to bury your loved ones right outside mm-hmm. the house? That's a great question. Uh, the answer is, is it okay? I, I can simply say that, uh, yes, it's okay. Uh, no, sorry. Let, let me answer the first part. Is it okay to live with, uh, live live with the with dead? Live with the dead. Well, I'm not sure what live with the dead means. I'm assuming you mean... Uh, burying around your home. That's what it seems to. Yeah, yes, I'm assuming if you're burying uh, maybe a dead relative or a loved one uh, somewhere, or maybe on your maybe on your property, uh, wherever or wherever. Uh, the Bible has nothing to say against burying people um, on your personal property. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything against it or for it. Uh, there, it is a practice in some cultures where people bury. Uh, their loved ones um, uh, next to their homes. And uh, no, it, the Bible doesn't condemn it, and uh, it isn't something that we can say, oh, it's a sin and it's wrong. In fact, I know a gentleman whose uh, son passed away, and they had uh, him buried uh, right next to their home, mm-hmm. and they would take care of it and everything. And uh, and his desire, he said that one day when Christ comes back again and his son is resurrected, he's going to run over there and just... <laughs> Embrace his son as they float up into yes. the air to to meet Christ, and I thought that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful picture way of to hope. Say it. Yeah, yeah, he's very hopeful to see his his lost lost loved one. Yes, yes. beautiful picture of hope indeed. Okay, great. So we did we did have a few questions come in, and uh, the first one is, what does the Bible say about being greedy for money? Great question. The Bible does say um, it. The, the Bible. Some people use the expression. 
money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's not the full. Uh, the love. Yeah, the, it's the love of money is the root of all evil. Money in itself, there's nothing wrong with possessing it. Uh, sometimes God does give us great wealth mm-hmm. for those people who are able to handle it. We think of people like Abraham. We think of people like, um, uh, I believe, uh, of course, Nicodemus and uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, people that are very wealthy. And these are people that are a- that God has supplied means in order to be a blessing to, to other people. In fact, when Jesus was crucified, and uh, it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who were really uh, important figures in you know, anointing the body of Jesus and getting everything ready. And in fact, it was Joseph's own tomb right. that Jesus was buried in. So the Bible does say that it has a lot to say about uh, being greedy for money. And it says also that when you hasten to be rich, you know, you'll not be without uh, punishment mm-hmm. because it's get-rich-quick schemes or attitude is uh, is definitely condemned by the Bible. And yes, uh, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So we look at, it says, can you also explain Proverbs chapter 15, verse 27? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 27. We have a few more minutes left, or two more minutes until we get to our break part. Proverbs chapter... Did you want me to read that? Yes, please. Okay, Proverbs fifteen twenty-seven reads, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. Oh, wonderful. Well, there it is. Uh, there's the answer. Uh, that's 1527. Yes. Uh, yes. So he that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. <clears throat> and so uh, when you're greedy, when you're wanting to be uh, get rich as soon as possible, as quick as possible, uh, the Bible does condemn it because it's kind of a selfish, mm-hmm. it's a selfish thing. It's more for me, me, me. Mm-hmm. And then it says, but he that hateth gifts shall live. Now, does that mean we should not you know, gifts. accept any gifts on Christmas or any other time? No, mm-hmm. that's not what that necessarily talks about. It's the kind of gift where you're, it's not gift giving out of love. It's just, it's bribing. Mm. And so when you hate bribery, when you hate, uh, when you don't, are not a part of it, uh, the Bible says it's a blessing. It's mm-hmm. a good thing for you. So um Bible says, oh, no man, anything. Uh, don't be somebody who can be bought and sold with mm-hmm. whatever people give you. And uh, trust in the Lord uh, to, to supply everything. And uh, yes, don't be greedy of gain uh, because that really brings a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe it was Henry Ford. Uh, somebody had asked him, he said, Mr. Ford, how much more money do you think? I believe it was him. If not, it was maybe somebody else. But they asked him, how much more money do you think you're going to get uh, or you'll need to earn or a little bit more before you're finally satisfied mm-hmm. with how much money you have? And he simply said, just a little bit more, just a little more. Oh, no. And so it's amazing. You could have as all the money right. that people can desire, but it'll never be enough. You'll always be wanting more and more and more. In fact, sadly, Henry Ford, when he passed away, he actually built his own generator, his own little power plant, uh, so that he's not connected to the city power. And that evening there was a flood, and it had swept into his um, his little power plant and uh, damaged everything. And so it lost uh, power to his house, 
And uh, when he passed away, he was he basically passed away in a home that had no power mm. by candlelight and, um, you know, with really bad weather. So he came into the world. He left the world the exact same way he came in, mm. uh, with nothing. Right. And so the Bible has a lot of caution re regarding uh, this desire for uh, for wealth. And, uh, yes, uh, the Bible does speak against it. All right. Uh, we are now approaching our halftime mark. And so please give us a call at, at uh, 671-472-1111 if you're here in Guam. And we'd like to hear your Bible questions. And so we'll be right back after this break and we'll continue on answering Bible questions on Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Dave with another step to Christ. The Israelites made this definite confession, We have added unto all our sins this evil, to ask us for a king. 1 Samuel 12:19. The very sin of which they were convicted had to be confessed. Their ingratitude oppressed their souls and severed them from God. Confession will not be acceptable to God without sincere repentance and reformation. There must be decided changes in the life. Everything offensive to God must be put away. This will be the result of genuine sorrow for sin. The work that we have to do on our part is plainly set before us. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment. To receive your free copy of the book Steps to Christ, call us here at Life Talk at 1-800-775-4673. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. Call right now with your Bible question. In Guam, it's 472-1111. In the Sinai, it's 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joy from radio. Join us now for the second half of Straight from the Bible. All right, welcome back to Straight from the Bible. Let's go ahead and bow our heads for another word of prayer as we go into God's Word again. Loving Father, we thank you. We humbly ask that you please continue to speak to us through your word and make all truth clear. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, with our second half of the hour, uh, we're going to have a study on angels in the Old Testament. And as we're studying, of course, the, the lines are open, and you can go ahead and send in your questions or your comments. We'd love to hear from you. So we're going to talk a, lot, a little bit about angels. You know, angels are, are, you find them in literature, you find them in paintings, you find them in mythology. Mm -hmm. What exactly does the Bible have to say regarding angels? So we're not going to go through all the verses, but we are going to go through some verses in the Old Testament uh, regarding when an angel appeared and what they did and um, why that's good news for us today. Okay. And so Mrs. Itong, Josephine's going to read uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, and we're going to find the first time an angel uh, is mentioned. All right. Genesis three twenty-four, and it reads, So he drove out the man, speaking of Adam, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay. 
So this is kind of sad news because, uh, you know, the angels are then sent to, to guard the way so that Adam and Eve don't eat from the tree mm-hmm. of life. Right. And if you ever wondered why, it's because if they were to eat from the tree of life as sinners, they would now become eternal sinners, and that would only cause more problems. And so this is the, this is the first time, at least, that we see uh, the, the angels uh, being used Mentioned to guard yeah, and to protect the... Uh, Really, really, they were there for Adam and Eve's own good, okay? And so we're going to go through some more Old Testament scriptures regarding the appearance of an angel. Now, the word angel simply means a messenger. And so let's go through some of those verses today. Let's go through uh, Genesis chapter 16, 7 through 11. Maybe you can read that. Genesis chapter 16, 7 through 11. And this is when an angel appears to, to Hagar after she had ran away from from Sarai. Mm -hmm. Genesis 16, 7 to 11. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall be not numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Amen. What do you think of that? I mean, you have Hagar who's run away, mm-hmm. and uh, an angel appears to her, and he doesn't say, you know, go ahead, keep on going, you know, mm-hmm. get get as far away from here as possible. He actually encourages her to to go back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's wonderful because I I imagine her being in so much. Um, she's sad. She's hurt because she's been driven out from this family that she's known for mm-hmm. a really long time, but. You know, it's it's wonderful to know that she grew up in a home, in a community that worshipped God. And so believing that this was a messenger from God, she she took his word and, and turned back. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, you know, seeing that Hagar wasn't even, um, uh, was not, was a maid of Sarah. She was not, you know, necessarily a Hebrew. Right. And, uh, you know, God really showed a lot of mercy mm-hmm. and sent his angel to go there and encourage her. And that's good news for us today. But Isn't then he that, also promises that her son will yes. be a, a father of great nations as well. Absolutely, and that's Ishmael. Yes. Great. And so it's amazing that, you know, when things don't go according to plan and we find ourselves uh, at a place where we either didn't expect or didn't, don't want to mm-hmm. be in, uh, God is able to send his angels to come and meet us right mm-hmm. where we are and to encourage us. And he was there for her, and he was very much be able to be there for us. Now let's look at an angel, um, uh, angels in rescue. So now we, we see angels doing a work of rescue when he's when they're saving Lot. And we go to the book of Genesis chapter 19, uh, beginning in verse 1. Okay, Genesis 19 verse 1 reads, And there came two angels to Sodom at even in the evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Great. And so here we know the the story of Sodom and Gomorrah when it was burned up. But before it was going to be burned, 
God had sent two of his angels to go into the city to be able to rescue uh, Lot and his family. Could you read verse 15 also? Sure. Verse 15 reads, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Beautiful. Yeah. So here they were. uh, They came specifically to rescue Mm -hmm. uh, Lot and his family. Now what's amazing is when they came into the city, it seems to be that angels have been given this ability by God to be able to either disguise themselves in human form Mm -hmm. where we may not necessarily know that they're angels. Mm -hmm. In fact, the book of Hebrews says that we may entertain angels unawares. I was just thinking of that. And so they're able to take human form and um, to do a a great work and Mm -hmm. a blessing, you know, and we ought not to, we ought to uh, be able to, the Bible, like, yeah, like, like Hebrew says, um, you know, to entertain strangers because you may be entertaining str- angels. angels unawares. Yes. And so to be a, a help of, uh, of all people. And so here we find, here, here's, it's amazing because Lot, when he, when he met them, I don't think he realized they were angels. But because of the way that Abraham had trained him in how to be hospitable mm-hmm. and how to take care of guests, when they came, he, the Bible says he bowed down to the ground. And when you look at a chapter before, a few verses before, when they came to Abraham, Abraham did the exact same mm, thing. Yes. He bowed down to the ground. He said, oh, please come and let me take care of you. And you know, he really went out of his way. And so um, uh, we find these angels uh, rescuing uh, a man who really needed rescuing. Okay. What about the next one in Genesis chapter 24, verse uh, 7? If it's okay, I just wanted oh, to read ahead. verse 16. Um, it says here, while he lingered. So Lot was very hesitant. This was mm-hmm. his home. He was not ready to leave. But you can see how the angels even felt love for us as sinners. They laid hold upon him and his family and had to literally drag them out of the city. And so yeah. I think that's just beautiful <clears throat> to see that, you know, not only does God love us, love us, but his messengers as well that he sends. That's a great point. You know, and angels really do uh, love us because we really are, uh, you know, it's hard to sometimes understand because love is so selfless. Mm-hmm. And they have been commissioned by God um, to to be there for us and rescue us. Even when we don't know or don't really care, mm-hmm. it breaks their hearts when we our hearts are broken, you know, when they see us do things and say things, and it hurts them as well. And yet the good news is when we also do wonderful things, they're able to rejoice in that. <laughs> And it's amazing. The Bible actually says, I believe in the book of Job, that when God created the world, uh, the angels and the, or the morning stars, they sang for joy. They, they, were, they were singing because they were so happy uh, when uh, man became a member of the family. Amen. And I'm sure they must have really wept. I'm sure they must have really, really wept uh, when mankind um, sinned and fell away. And I'm sure they rejoiced again when um, when Christ had made the way for us mm-hmm. to be saved. So, yeah, they really do care. They really do care. They're not just people that... That are just called to do a duty. Yeah. They do it with so much love. Absolutely. So much love. Amen. All right. Well, our next scripture um, is found in Genesis 22, verses 11 and 15. Genesis 22, 11 mm-hmm. and 15. Did you want to read that or did uh, you want go to? Go right ahead. Okay. Genesis 22, 11 and 15. 
verse 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And verse 15, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. All right. So you can really see that the the angel was really involved. They were really there. Mm-hmm. They're very present in the lives of, of Abraham and the people of old. And the good news is they're still very much uh, present and alive and working for our good even now. And so this is a beautiful um, a b- beautiful news when uh, Abraham was about to sacrifice his own son. Mm-hmm. The angel of the Lord said, you know, stop. And... Um, Praise God. Yeah, praise God for that. And so he, there. you can see all throughout the Old Testament that they're, they're actually there, and they're working, and they're working, and uh, they're working to do you know something great. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that they're helping Abraham as well. <coughs> so a promise for us is that they're able to help us as well. You know, I'm reminded of a quote by one of my favorite authors where she says, Angels are basically on standby. Mm-hmm. And as soon yeah. as God says go, they just go without question, without Absolutely. any hesitation. And the thought that comes to mind is, you know, we have a little two-year-old, mm-hmm. and she loves to race in the house, and she'll wait, get ready, get yes, set. And so that's the picture in my mind, the, these angels just waiting mm. for God's command to say go. Absolutely. And just like our little one, she just bolts. And so Except that's angels are faster. Yes, of course. I'm so glad you brought that up because that really is true. You know, there is an incredible anticipation for mm-hmm. them. Yes. They're ready to help. They're ready to go. And they're ready to, to you know, to, to do whatever God has, has commanded. Mm-hmm. And all that they need is uh, the word from God. The word, yes. And as long as we cry out and pray, said, Lord, help me. Then God says, you know, you go, yes. and uh, they come. It's a wonderful picture. Amen to yes. that. Thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. Beautiful. All right, and let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verse uh, 12. And this is when uh, Jacob has the vision <clears throat> of a ladder uh, from, from the earth uh, to, to heaven. All right, Genesis, chapter 28, in verse 12, and it reads, And he dreamed and became a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Okay, great. This is one of my favorite verses because Jesus uh, kind of quotes it again in the New Testament. So this ladder uh, that Jacob sees represents Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it says that Jesus is the one that is connecting earth and heaven. Mm-hmm. And then it says that he saw angels uh, ascending, ascending and, and descending. descending. Isn't that beautiful? It goes back to what you just said. Uh, Christ is the uh, the open way and the open door and, and the ladder uh, who now allows all of this uh, help that we can mm-hmm. get from heaven. And they're so excited to do it. You know, the angels going up and down all the time <laughs> uh, trying to rescue us and save us and, and again be given their duty. Beautiful. Uh, let's look at... Um, uh, Numbers chapter 22, and I'll read this one. Okay. Numbers 22, this is the story of Balaam. Oh. Numbers chapter 22. I love this Bible story. Well, not anyway. Well, it's, yes, it's, it's kind of <laughs> a, it's, 
It, it, we love it because an angel's there. Yes. But it's it's kind of a sad story as well because Balaam was not um, merciful. Yeah, he not a merciful person. And so I'm just going to summarize the story in Numbers chapter 22. In Numbers 22, you know, the Balaam is is riding on his donkey. And he's, he's he's basically on an errand that God is not uh, approving of, mm-hmm. and he gets into a narrow way, and the donkey moves, and he or he stops. He's not moving, and he begins to beat the donkey. Mm-hmm. And so as they get closer to the narrow way, then the donkey stops and begins to beat him again, and he finally moves. And he, he basically the, the, the donkey's weight crushes the Balaam's leg against the wall, and he gets even angrier. And then, um, you know, he, he you know, keeps beating him, and then finally the donkey, the Bible says, I guess, I, I, I guess it rolls over on him or it falls on him, and he gets really mad. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the Bible says that, you know, Balaam began to keep, you know, keep hitting the donkey, and the donkey says, you know, why are you hitting me? And the craziest thing is that Balaam is so out of his mind that he says, well, I'm hitting you because <laughs> he's having a dialogue yeah, with the donkey. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't hit him that an animal just <laughs> spoke, but he is so, he is so not right in his mind at the moment that he mm-hmm. says, well, I'm hitting you because this is what you did. And then finally, of course, the angel appeared, mm-hmm. and the angel explains that had it not been for this donkey that moved out of the way, I would have slain you. I would right. have killed you. Yeah. So he really owed his life to that creature. And so uh, this is one of those uh, moments where, uh, you know, an angel appeared, and and um, in God's mercy— that man's life was spared, spared that day yeah. by that donkey. Okay, it's an interesting story. It's great if you have time, go back and read it. It's a, it's a really nice story, and it's a beautiful story of of God's faithfulness, and how angels are very, very actively involved uh, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Not only of the good, but also of uh, of those that may not, um, that may be living wrong, as Balaam was. Okay. And so, as you go throughout the Bible, you see the stories of the angels. Uh, that are that are constantly appearing. Mm-hmm. So let's go to another one in the book of Judges, chapter six, and this is when the angel appears to Gideon. Judges, chapter six, beginning in verse eleven. Beginning in verse eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Judges, chapter six, eleven, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite, and his son Gideon threshed, oh, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told of us, told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord had forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am in the least in my father's, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, 
Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, or a baby or a goat, and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of God, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Gideon, you know, the the Israelites were really heavily oppressed by the Midianites, and God sent an angel to come and encourage them and let them know Mm -hmm. that things were going to change. And it's amazing that he's having a conversation with him, Mm -hmm. and so much so that uh, Gideon said, well, let me put some food there, And, and he does. And so it's incredible that if you look at the Old Testament, they're really there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really very active in the lives of 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 the people there, and uh, so much more so you know, even now. I, I really believe, and so we have that in uh, with Gideon, and then we have a few more. We're going to be short on time, but let me just share with you a few brief ones in Judges chapter thirteen. Uh, this is when the angel of the Lord appears uh, to the uh, to Manoah, uh, the parents of Samson, and they really they. They're instructed by the angel of how to raise him and what he was supposed to do, what he can eat and not eat. And so it's amazing because even uh, God is so interested in our children that he would even send his angels to guard over guard over them and watch over them. And every child has a guardian angel. Yes. And um, you find Jesus says that in, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, their face... Uh, they always do behold the face of their father, the, the angels of our children. Uh, let's go to the, uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, and we can kind of wrap up our lesson with this story. 1 Kings chapter 19, and this is when the angel uh, comes to Elijah, and this is a really beautiful one. 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, 5 through 7. And you can read it. Go ahead. Okay. First Kings 19, and I'll begin in verse 5. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, 
because the journey is too great for thee. And down to verse 35. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't see a verse 35. Oh, sorry, no. Sorry, my fault. Yeah. Verse 7. Let me go back to verse 7. Mm -hmm. It says... Well, the last part you read, and the angel of the Lord came again to him on again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great mm -hmm. for you. You have the angel um, appear to him. And you know what? The reason why this one is so special to me is because Elijah is just exhausted. He's tired. Elijah has um, essentially running away from the persecution of uh, of uh, yeah, Ahab and Jezebel and he's running away and he's just exhausted and so he finally lays down and he sleeps and then an angel touches him and wakes him up and the angel says arise mm -hmm. and eat something uh, if I was him I'd wonder well where's the food mm -hmm. who's providing the food and when he wakes up he looks and there's already a cake baking on the coals and a jug or a cruise or a pot of water for him to drink. Mm -hmm. And he did eat and drink. And what did he do? And he laid him down uh, again. So he needed a lot of rest. Mm. He was really tired. And so this was emotionally taxing for him, this whole ordeal. And yet, uh, even in the most trying time of his life where he was exhausted physically and emotionally, Yet God gave him some time to rest, and he sent an angel to comfort him and to bring him, you know, food mm -hmm. and water for him to drink. And so he went ahead and he rested again, and when he woke <coughs> up, uh, he went ahead and uh, the angel of the Lord came back again and touched him and woke him up and said, go ahead and eat. So he did eat and he drank again, and he was able to continue on the journey. You know, one, one reason why I really like this story is the fact that you can almost relate to him being so tired. Mm -hmm. He's just exhausted. And there are many things that we get exhausted in life about. It could be a broken heart. It could be a painful mm -hmm. divorce. It could be a newly diagnosed uh, sickness, cancer, whatever it may be. And just thinking about it could be really exhausting. Mm -hmm. It could just tax you mentally and emotionally, and you're just tired. And you just kind of want to check out. And this must have been what Elijah had experienced. Mm. And so, and yet, how wonderful that even when he was just tired, uh, God sent an angel to go there and comfort to him, to, to him, minister yes. to him, exactly. And so what an encouragement to you and to me today that no matter where we are and what we go through, God has actually sent his angels to be able to be there for us and to watch over us. And they do what God bids. Mm -hmm. And what's incredible is they delight to do it. Yes. They love to do it. And so maybe we can close with one text in the book of um, uh, Psalm chapter 34, verse 7. I was just reading this last night. Oh, good. It's a beautiful one. Psalm 37 and verse 7. Uh, 34, 7. 34, 7. Mm -hmm. And it reads, The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Amen. So that whole encamping uh, camps around them, that's uh, 
that's kind of the figure of speech of, you know, you're being protected. Mm -hmm. You have this wall of soldiers all around you, and you can sleep peacefully, mm -hmm. and you'll be all right. Yeah. And so what a beautiful promise that God has, uh, sends us, his angels, to camp around about them that fear him, and he will deliver us through any trial or any temptation. So beautiful, beautiful um, a little short study on angels. And the next time we're going to cover uh, what the New Testament says about angels. Mm. But angels are real. They're God's messengers. They're, they're God's ministers. They're God's workmen. And they are really there to be a help to you mm -hmm. and to, to be a blessing to you. And what a blessing it's going to be when we finally get to heaven. And we get to meet our guardian angel who was there through us all throughout our lives. From birth, even before birth. I yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine when you were going through some of the most challenging or when you even didn't know he was there, mm -hmm. he was constantly trying to uh, to help you out. Right. And uh, praise God. And, you know, actually recently we had our, our youngest one. I think you told the story that she had kind of fallen off a slide or a yes. step or something. And... Um, it was amazing because the tumble didn't seem, it didn't seem as, as kind of a big impact. Do you remember that? Yes. We were actually in Palau at the time, and she was going up and down the stairs to, you know, get down the slide. And and in just in a split second, the next thing I see is her tumbling over head over heel and down five steps. And, of course, I was terrified. I thought, oh, no, this is, mm -hmm. if you had seen her. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I, it's just I'm just so grateful now because I know I know without a shadow of a doubt that the angels were there to protect her. It mm -hmm. could have gone a different way, but you know God really sent His angels and said, "Listen, let's let's protect this one because it Amen. looks like she's going to have a pretty bad fall." Amen. I'm so glad that God does that with our children through yes. His angels today. Well, that's our time now for Straight from the Bible. We thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, a tremendous blessing. Let's pray to close. Lord, thank you for being with us and teaching us straight from your word. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for Jesus. And we ask all of these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Masik and... And this is Josephine. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Amen. Good night and God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime at bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them at online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.